You're listening to Just a Tangent Podcast with Tyler Brewer and Greg Miller, where we talk about movies, TV, and everything in between. Hey everybody, how's it going today? This is the Terminal List episode of Just a Tangent. I'm Tyler Brewer, I'm here with Greg Miller. Heck yeah. <laughs> we are going to have a little bit of a shorter episode. I just wanted to have an independent one talking about the Terminal List series on Amazon Prime. Um, I was waiting for this series to come out for quite a while. Uh, I just wanted to talk about some of the origins of it and how it is has been received yeah and i also wanted to talk about my opinion on it and greg's opinion as well yeah. so um real quick before we get started i just wanted to say thank you to the guys over at the no limits thriller podcast um they had me on as a guest to talk about a couple episodes of this show um last week i uh, really enjoyed hanging out with them for about an hour so hopefully uh looking forward to heading back on there as a guest yeah, it, it was really good. Um, I didn't get to listen to all of it, but the stuff that I listened to was was pretty cool conversation. Um, and another thing before we get started, um, just so I don't forget, because I forgot last time and it will have been added in post. Um, <laughs> but with uh, with this being a movie and TV podcast, there will be spoiler, um, spoilers ahead. So just this is your spoiler warning. Um, you know, if you, uh, if you don't want to hear what happens, then this is your time to bail. Otherwise, uh, we're, we're getting right to it. Yeah. So, um, real quick, just to catch everybody up, this is a show based on a book uh, from best New, New York Times bestselling author Jack Carr. Uh, he's a retired Navy SEAL um, and wrote this book. It is fiction, um, but a lot of his experiences and feelings during those experiences are put into the books to make them feel more authentic. And they're honestly super enjoyable. Um, a lot of them have some, some funny moments. Um, but for a thriller book about you know conspiracies and, and military action and things like that, uh, super enjoyable. Uh, my favorite novel series by far. So first book in the series, The Terminal List, is my favorite. It had the biggest impact on me when I read it or listened to the audiobook, whichever came first. Um, and then the third book in the series is, is my, I think, the best written. Uh, to me, I think that, that for whatever reason, that novel is just like perfect. Like I don't think it could be any better. Um, has a little bit of everything. And so this first season of the show, The Terminalist, is based on all of the events in the first book. And I say based because most, it seems like some fans are a little reluctant to enjoy it because it's not word for word or book, for, you know, page for page from the novel, which if you know anything about how Hollywood works um, and book adaptations to movies, they're typically butchered pretty hard and by the end of it, nearly resemble none of the source material. Yeah, and and as somebody who has kind of studied film um, in college and and has you know taken some time to understand that process, um, this this really um, does a great job to show how you can change something um, from the original source material. This in this case, it was a novel turned into uh, and turned into a TV series, um, and they they did a great job rewriting things but still conveying the same feeling that was in the book because uh, I listened to a good bit of good bit of the audiobook with Tyler while we were in Texas uh, watching the F1 race and uh, I think what they did was was good and Tyler can talk more on the changes uh, because he's much more um, knowledgeable about the specifics there but uh, from a from a film um, like storyboard writing in a, in a script writing standpoint 
Um, there are some things that just are different when it comes to storytelling in a visual medium like movies or TV and what works in a book doesn't necessarily work on film and that's why they have to do rewriting um, to still convey the same message but do what works for that medium. Yeah, not only that, but sometimes things are dated uh, as well. And some things that happen in the book, specifically at the beginning, um, are dated. They take place on a mountaintop in Afghanistan, and they get moved to a sewage system in basically like an old castle in Syria. And even some fans of the novels are upset with that change. But, I mean, I just don't understand how somebody can go into a series knowing what happens to even films like Harry Potter. Where things are changed, things are moved around, um, and you know those. I think those films represent the novels very well. Yeah, they're still um, beloved movies, even if they're not a one-to-one. Yeah, fans of those novels representation. Yeah, fans of those novels still enjoy the movies because it's still based on something they enjoy, and that's how I felt about the Terminal List. It was based on something that I really enjoyed, and it pulled off and gave me the same feeling watching it that I got when I read the book. Um, so it follows Lieutenant Commander James Reese, played by Chris Pratt, and uh, basically he has the worst week of his life in the novel. It's pretty pretty much uh, immediate. It's, it happens a lot faster. In the show, it's drawn out throughout the first episode of all of the tragedies that, that basically fall upon him. And... Uh, Rather than taking the easy way out in the book, there is a there is a moment, and in the show, if you pay attention, there's a moment where suicide is contemplated, and basically he tells himself that you never take the easy way out of anything in life, so including this. So he puts the gun down and starts doing recon and research to how this could all be connected. Um, things happen from his entire SEAL team being ambushed and killed except for him and one other one other person uh, upon returning home that person uh, commits suicide supposedly and also uh, by the end of the first episode his family his wife and daughter are murdered and he is ambushed um, while getting an MRI and uh, basically is attempted to be assassinated yeah and that, that was a change that was different yeah in the series right? yeah there, there there's a lot of changes i mean if i went into all of them we'd be here all day but um but that one was kind of significant yeah though, right? so the, the reason that they they did it like this is um the book things kind of happen quick as you're reading it and as a reader you're like man this this is just how is this person going to put up with this or or live with this and because it all hits you as the reader pretty quickly and in the show they kind of wanted it to be like dominoes that happen throughout the episode mm. um and with it eventually ending with Lauren and Lucy, his his wife and daughter being murdered. Um, but yeah, in the in the book, he finds out that he has a brain tumor while still overseas before returning home. Uh, a lot more people die than just his twelve man team, um, <clears throat> and there are reasons that they changed that. I think in the show they only do his team because it's easier to cover up if you pay attention to the show that the the seal commanding you know warcom they basically don't say anything publicly that a seal team has been eliminated which would be huge news in the book it's a uh, it's about uh between 40 i think it's 42 man ranger qrf and his team are eliminated which would be huge news everywhere with a, a, an elimination and a, a casualty count that high that quickly in, in one event would be immense, yeah. immense news and 
Um, so in the in the book, of course, he knows he has a brain tumor before coming home. And the first things that, well, I wouldn't say the first, but one of the things that, that he eventually concludes is that the, the tumor, the murdering of, of his team and all, all of the QRF people and his family are all connected. Um, the show takes, it seems like a little bit longer to get to that conclusion, but eventually you get there. Um, and I'm not going to spoil all the details. I really hope that people listening would go watch it. I hope that it gets good viewership. I want as many people to see it as, as I can get to go see it. Um, it's eight episodes, an hour each on Amazon prime, uh, mainly because I wanted to get renewed for a second season or multiple, uh, sequel seasons. Yeah, um, I think I think uh, I think Chris Pratt as James Reese was was the perfect role, and with somebody like him, where he's I mean he's I'd consider him like an A A tier A to B tier actor yeah, for sure as far as how often Hollywood uses him and for what type of roles. Yeah, um, I mean he's in two gigantic franchises. Yeah, so. yeah, and, and so with him, especially gaining traction like this, it would be harder to keep him on if it didn't have the yeah. audience response. So definitely go watch it. Yeah, and uh, you know this this is something that he has. He has ownership of, I believe. Um, he basically optioned it to make it into a series with Anton Fuqua and uh, with J you know Jack Carr assisting with with a few things. But I think one of the things that makes it unique is how many veterans, former or retired Navy SEALs, uh, and veterans in general are on set during filming and part of either the cast or the crew. Um, and what they bring to it is a very authentic feel. Um, Knowing a little, very, very little, I would say a novice at best, um, viewpoint on tactics and, you know, reloading, uh, some firearms, some gunplay, things like that. Um, it feels and looks very correct and real. You know, you're not having someone shoot a hundred rounds out of a 30 round magazine without reloading, you know, things like that that don't make sense in other action films and things like that. Yeah, all, um, all of his room clearing was very on yeah, point. It looked yeah, very good. Yeah, he slices pie, you know, he, he does tactics that would be used. And that's something that, that the book brought to my imagination, which was uh, prior to reading the book, I was a big, you know, I still am a big gear guy. Um, I know a lot about gear and guns and vehicles, things like that. And um, James Reese drives a 1988 FJ62 Land Cruiser in the book that's white. In the show, it is a... Uh, it's kind of like an off champagne color a little bit, a little bit of silver to it because white doesn't work very well on film. And I have a 1990 FJ 62 white land cruiser. Um, so loved land cruisers yeah, prior to, sick. prior to reading the book, but I kind of liked FJ forties the most. And, but the more I read about this, his vehicle in the book, the more I kind of paid attention to them and, you know, started looking at pictures and my love for them grew and eventually was able to acquire one. Um, and then you got to talk about that with, with the the author, Jack Yeah, Carr. Greg and I were able to road trip to Cleveland from Pittsburgh and meet the author, Jack Carr, uh, at a reading. And him and I, I mean, it was just about 10 minutes. I tried to take as much stuff with me as I could to get him to sign. So and he did. We, he signed it all. He was yeah, awesome with it. Yeah, he was super generous with his time. And uh, him and I talk on uh, Instagram often enough to, to the point where um, once we started talking, he he remembered and uh, recognized me and actually recognized my Instagram handle, which was kind of cool. Uh, so we got to pick up a conversation that we had started on social media, which was which was fun. He's, he's nice enough to reply to as many people as he can. Yeah, not a lot of people would do that, especially <clears throat> when they're working on something like this. Yeah. Um, 
So it's pretty awesome to meet him in person. Me and Greg got plenty of pictures with him. Um, but just uh, moving down the line a little bit, basically he puts together that there's a conspiracy to eliminate him and anybody else involved pretty much in the testing of soldiers um, doing human trials for a drug that side effect uh, gave them brain tumors. Um, so it's basically a sweep it all under the rug and move on. Um, and the more James looks, the more he finds, interrogates, and gets information from people on what he writes out as a list on the back of one of his daughter's drawings, um, which is the terminal list. It's a list of people he is going to bring to justice before his tumor kills him, basically. And through that, he uses tools and techniques that are real um, and very realistic to basically bring them to justice and uh, back to me being a gear guy something that really resonated with me and and that sparked my interest with this was the more i read the book the more i knew what was being discussed um it was like everything in there was were things that i knew he describes firearms vehicles tactics and i kind of had a a really good idea about the gear and, and vehicles and firearms um tactics Still learning some about, but like I said, novice at best. Um, when it comes to stuff like that, by no means am I by no means an, am I an expert on tactics. But uh, everything in the show is uh, pretty awesome. They they use a lot of you know how to reload a shotgun correctly and how a squad would use one. Um, so that it, it's just really well done. Um, but yeah, I urge everybody listening if you haven't checked it out, please check out the terminal list um yeah and and greg and i watched it in a day yeah it was it was (laughs) it was great i mean i don't know that i i don't think i um 100 completed the book but i have a good enough understanding that um i really enjoyed seeing the seeing how my mind would um come up with like what the setting looks like and and it was different from what tyler imagined um but it was cool how you can create this world in your mind reading a novel uh and then whenever you look at it on screen it's like it's like okay well i that's not what i pictured but it's yeah. it's you know it's close enough that i i really like it um there there is a uh, there's a scene from from the yes novel i was gonna greg, ask you about it that greg heard well which scene are you talking about okay so um whenever we were whenever we were driving one of my favorite scenes was whenever he was doing recon on the apartment buildings yeah and that was it was so cool to like see how jack Carr described uh, those things and how my mind imagined it yeah. and it was so much fun just listening to the book because we were in the car so I wasn't reading it um, but then whenever things happened in the show it was like this like the setting wasn't exactly how I pictured it but what happened and what James Reese did taking pictures oiling the door like yeah that was like spot on with what I imagined yeah. so there's a scene in episode two um, and what's really cool too is uh, each episode name um, is a stage in how we record memory in our brains. Oh, that's cool. So each episode is, is something different, is a different stage of ga- of gaining memory. And uh, f- also with the brain tumor in the show, there's a little bit of a um, a. It's almost. It's not quite PTSD, but it's like it's. it's, it's, it's he almost like hallucinates. It's like, so a, psycho- it's like a psychological thriller yeah. uh, aspect to it that exists for the first half of the season, um, but. Basically, in episode two, there's a scene where James is doing recon on the first person on his list in the show. And 
he has a basically like a penthouse or, or a loft apartment kind of and to do recon he goes in there pretending to be somebody who is interested in renting a place there and so the the manager takes him to a sample apartment and all the apartments are identical he confirms that he confirms they all have locks he confirms none of them have security um he's very good at acting like yeah he's trying to buy yeah he, he yeah he he's very good at, at being the and when he goes in there, he's he's taking pictures of stuff. He, you know, they unlock the door. The manager walks into the apartment. He turns around with his phone, takes some photos of the lock, and learns the layout of the apartment while he's in there with her. It's a little bit longer in the book, but the show pulls it off great in a, you know, under five minute scene. Uh, so to do recon, he ends up finding the first person on his list when he's when he's not home. He goes to his apartment. Uh, he practiced on a lock that's identical. That was he, that was one of my favorite yeah, parts. He knew what lock it was because he took photos when he did recon. Yeah, I love and that. And he he break basically breaks in without causing any damage to gain digital data off of a laptop. Yeah, and yeah. on the way out, he sprays the door hinges with WD forty, which is in the book. Yeah, and the reason he does that is he returns later, um, and when he opens up the door, it doesn't squeak yep. to awaken his. The, the first person that's going to get crossed off the list. Yeah. Um, and one, one little detail, I don't know if they said it in the book, but it was super freaking cool to see uh, in the show is whenever he picks up, before he picks up the laptop, he takes a picture of the, yeah. the table. Yes. And then he does what he needs to. And then he lines up the photo with where he's putting it back yeah. and puts it back perfectly. And it was just like, I don't know, it was a very minor detail. Like there's a lot cooler action that goes on the yeah. show. But I was like, that is... Like that, I don't know. It's cool. I can't remember what they call it. It's not field craft, and I know I'm sure somebody out there's going to be able to correct me. But basically, there are people in that industry or in that life that, whenever they place things in places, because that makes sense. Yeah. Um, they do it in a very organized and intentional manner. Um, like for instance, whenever I go to hotels, if I have a pencil, I'll put it on top of my laptop facing perfect north. Yeah. Um, or something like that. I change it up. Um, but just for an example, I'll place it perfect north. And if I come back and the pen is not facing perfect north, I know somebody opened my laptop. Yeah, I'll, I'll um, do I'll do some stuff like that. Not as like specific each time, but yeah, yeah. But um, so he took a picture of that to be sure to return everything to its proper place. But yeah, um, and I won't spoil much else. But I mean, there's there are definitely scenes word for word straight from the book there are scenes with minor changes there are scenes with major major changes there are scenes with um you know deaths from the book for a different character done to a certain person um there are characters completely eliminated from the book there are characters in the show that are not in the book some that are combined yeah there are some that are combined um and i really enjoyed the show like i said it made me feel the way the book made me feel um the attention to detail is there. The realism is, is there. It feels grounded and realistic. Um, I think, unless I missed it, my one of my main issues with it is at the end, he gets a phone call. His phone is an FBI evidence, and he gets a phone call from a doctor saying that his, his tumor is 75% chance of survival and is operable. Mm. And in the show, I don't believe that they show you that, but basically he is exiling himself to die at the end of the show. Yeah. He, he's accepted that it's his time. He's going to die. This tumor is giving him these in, intense headaches that are crippling. And he just basically sets sail 
to die. Uh, the show gives you a little hint as to where the next book takes place, which is Mozambique, South Africa. Yep. Um, and as far as what happens with this tumor, I would recommend that you guys check out the book series. Um, the books are very readily available. The fifth one just came out uh, about a month or so ago. It's very good. There are no duds in the series. There are only five books in the series so far. So you're you're looking at a, a thriller series that's very young in its in its lifespan. Yeah. Um, but like I said, for me, the first one's the best. The third one is the most perfect. If that makes sense. Like the first one's my favorite. The third one is, I guess, the best written. Yeah. Um, but. The first one is about an apex predator let off the leash with nothing else to lose. The second one is about finding new purpose. The third one is about the dark side of man, about man hunting man, basically, and what that means about survival. Kind of like a Rambo-esque. A little bit. It's more uh, an homage to The Most Dangerous Game, which is about a oh, yeah, yeah. guy that has an island where he hunts people. Yeah, I read so that in high school. A little bit about that. Yeah, so you would, you would really enjoy the third book. Okay. Um, the fourth book is a is about a chemical chemical weapons attack on the united states in the mm. wake of covid uh basically the enemy has been watching our reaction to covid and uses that to their advantage and also someone very important gives james a new list to carry out and he's very inclined to do so and not in a cliche way where they have someone held hostage and they're going to kill them unless he does it it's very genuine um in his interest to carry out the the re- the request of the person, yeah. Um, and then the fifth book, on its surface, uh, is a sniper versus sniper cat and mouse game for the duration of Those the novel. Those are fun. Yeah, it's for the duration of the novel, and it's uh, it all of them are good. All of them have something enjoyable. All of them yeah. have a torture scene. Yeah. Um, the torture scene that is in the show is in the book nearly nearly identically. Yeah. Um, there is a death scene in the show that is probably the best and gnarliest one I've seen on TV recently, and it is straight from the book, but it happens to somebody else. Yeah, and they they did a really good job of, um, I mean, with any of that, like when you see it, it makes you uncomfortable because, it, you know, you don't want to see that kind of stuff. But it with the storytelling, they, they did a very good job of showing, like, why he did that which was different than in the book you know when you read something sometimes you you imagine it differently but when you can see chris pratt's acting and his face in the you know not the quiver in his voice but like the the anger and emotion in his voice and why he's doing it like that those are the kind of things that you really get with the with the uh tv show and and movie um, format and i'd like to also say that this is chris pratt in a pretty serious role yeah very little comedy in this season, yeah. but there is there is some comedy ahead if this continues. And I really hope it does. Yeah, this is one of my favorite book franchises, and I really yeah. hope it, uh, it it continues. It showed his range as an actor because he, I mean, the nature of what's happening is very serious from his tumor to all the combat and, and stuff that's going on. But then there's this softness that they show whenever it's in the flashbacks and it shows him with his daughter. Yeah. And that's, I think that really shows Chris Pratt's range as an actor. Yeah. There's uh, a couple, uh, there's a couple in camera effects scenes that I really, really dug and, um, not no CG used or camera cuts. Uh, it goes from being in the present to him walking through a doorway basically and, and suddenly being in the past and somewhere else far away. And, uh, 
from what I understand, they did a, like a 45 second pause, did a wardrobe change and did a set change all in one shebang and kept rolling on the same, yeah. same, you know, frame and without really anybody moving that much, uh, which I thought was pretty well done, but I like the cast. Um, the entire SEAL team at the beginning is all former SEALs. Yeah. Um, a lot of the bad guys are former military guys. Um, they, they are basically dressed up as Talos Tactical, which is a contracting company that the bad guys hire to protect them, basically. Um, and there's even uh, Donald Cowboy Cerrone from the UFC in there as a guard, oh, as, nice. as a guard that does a fight scene with Chris that uh, ends up probably giving Cerrone a little bit of a headache with a tomahawk. So. Yeah, just a little. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, uh, if you guys haven't seen it, don't know what you're listening to this for. You should check it out and read the books if you're a reader or worth listen a to watch. The, yeah, and, uh, and and a read. Yeah, worth a watch and a read, and check out the audiobook if you are not a reader. Yeah, um, Ray Porter reads the audiobook and uh, just does a fantastic job at painting a picture. A lot of the stuff that he read that I listened to um, paints a picture in my head of how a scene would work out, and uh, honestly, seeing it happen on screen is pretty awesome so yeah yeah and, and to conclude because my you know my sister knocked and uh she made some salmon we're ready to go yeah, go eat dinner but, time um yeah with, with this um i just want to say thank you to all of our veterans who have served um the fourth of july was was not too long ago and um i just want to say a special thank you because um we wouldn't have the ability to enjoy movies and tvs you know, TV shows and, and talk about this kind of stuff and in a relaxed and enjoyable environment like this if it weren't for the fact that people have served and died for this country. Yep, um, fought for our freedoms. Both of our fathers are veterans. Yep. So thank you very much. Yeah, we absolutely. appreciate your service. Yeah, and uh, worth worth a watch. The show is very real, so go into it um, expecting expecting it to be mature. Um, yeah. It's a mature representation of what happens during the war. Your kid says, I want to watch the new Chris Pratt show. I wouldn't necessarily listen yeah, to it's, it. Yeah, it's not Jurassic World. <laughs> um, this is, yeah, it's, it's pretty gruesome, but it's, uh, it's a, a real representation worth a watch. So um, thank you guys for for listening. And uh, yeah, Tyler. I tried not can... to give too much away, but I hope I just gave a little bit of a preview for you guys to get excited about it and check it out. Absolutely. So uh, thanks again for listening. And uh, next episode, I think we're going to, Take a little break from TV since the last one was a TV yeah. episode, and so we'll this talk about gonna, some movies. Yeah, we're gonna get into some longer format films. So, all right, guys, have a good one, and thanks for listening. Frankly, my dear, I don't think I need so a bigger boat. So away. we're going. We don't need my, my dear. Keep the change, you filthy animal. Nope, was a bad choice. You're killing me, small. So you're telling me there's a change. Life moves pretty fast.